You are now listening to the Rose of Sharon Church podcast. It is our prayer that God challenges your heart during this week's message. If you would like to let us know what God is doing in your life, please email us at rostnshare at gmail.com. We're glad you're here. Welcome home to Rose of Sharon Church. Next week, we are going to have a special guest that will be filling the pulpit. I want you to invite somebody to be with us here. We are going to have a just a great, great time. This brother has, has preached all over the place, a lot of different youth camps, a lot of different conferences, all over the place. His name is Chris Brooks. He is going to be with us, and we are going to have a time next week. So make sure that you come, invite somebody, be with us, and let's just see God do something great. He will have a on-time word, and my Lord have mercy, God is going to do some great things in this house next week. Amen? And, and we're going to see the Lord do some great, great stuff. So make sure that you are here and that you are ready to be able to receive. Next week, uh, it's going to be a great time. Sunday school starts at 930 and 1030 is our worship service. And with that, all of our kids, you are dismissed to Children's Church, back in the back. Come on, give all of our kids church uh, workers and staff a big hand this morning as they are dismissed. They're going to have a great time back in the back. We want to say thank you to our nursery workers. If you are looking for the nursery, it is down the hallway and the second door on the right, and they will be blessed. Amen. Take your Bibles out this morning and turn to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. If you have it, stand to your feet today, this morning, as we read the Word of God this morning. Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. If you are physically able, uh, stand to your feet. If you are not, well, then just read along with us this morning. Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. If you have it, say amen. If you're going to use the cheat sheet behind me, say, that's me. If you're still looking in your Bible, say, hold up. Well, I guess we can go ahead and go then. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a wind or a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Let me just say that one more time. And they were all filled. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Utterance, meaning the origin of, the birth of, the beginning of. Something that begins here with a relationship with Him that flows out. My Lord, have mercy. So many people have such issues this morning. Nervousness 
about the baptism of the Holy Ghost, about speaking in tongues, about the work of God and the gifts of the Spirit. And they and have all kinds of misgivings. This morning, I really believe that God just kind of directed me in the way that I'm going to be preaching this message this morning on Pentecost Sunday in a kind of a different way. And I believe it's for you this morning. Realize this, brother and sister, we are on our journey to Pentecost. Father, in the name of Jesus today, be with us, bless us today. Allow the Word of God to come and, dear Father, be deposited in our lives. Dear God, I pray in the name of Jesus that faith may arise, that may, we may respond, and that you may be glorified, I pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Before you see to tell two or three people, say, I'm part of the all. Woo! Thank you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. This morning, we, we are here today on Pentecost Sunday. Oh, Lord have mercy. That's when everybody says, Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let's try that one more time. Woo, the Lord have mercy. Today is Pentecost Sunday. Amen. So today of all days, we should be celebrating. Why? Because Jesus fulfilled the promise that he gave to his disciples when he said that he would send his spirit to be with them and empower them always. God is a God that keeps his promises. He is a God that keeps his promises this morning. Brother, just to realize this, that as we celebrate Pentecost today, 2,000 plus years from the time that Jesus died on Calvary and then sent back the Holy Spirit, realize something, brother and sister. What we are doing this morning, 2,000 years later, is nothing more than celebrating that Jesus Christ keeps His promises. Now, he may do it in ways that you may not expect, but he always keeps his promises. You may do it, he may do it in ways that you don't expect, and he may do it at times that you don't expect, but guess what? He always keeps his promises this morning. Brother and sister, this morning, if you are in a moment of waiting for your promise to be filled, brother and sister, can I just share this with you? God is a promise-keeping God. You just keep on waiting and keep on holding. Why? Because there's coming a day that your promise is going to be fulfilled. No doubt about it in that. Woo, Lord have mercy. I feel Jesus in this house. There is no doubt about it. And brother and sister, we have every right this morning 
because of that one promise that He has fulfilled, because of what He did 2,000 years ago, we have every right to just throw down and have a Holy Ghost throw down right here in this house this morning. If you wanted an excuse to be able to buck and shout and run and be able to dance before the Lord and throw a hand up and shed a few tears and to get a little excited this morning, guess what? This is a great time. Why? Because he's a promise-keeping Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Woo, Lord have mercy. Brother and sister, he is a promise-keeping Jesus. And if we had wanted to be able to celebrate, we had every right to. We have every right to be able to worship God to do the helicopter, to do the, hey, the buck, to do a little jig, to do the little hop, to do the little kick, to fall on the ground, to run. Lord, I remember, man, my Lord, seeing po folks run on the top of the, of the, of the pews as they run across from God to get a hold of them. I remember one year in, uh, in camp meeting that there was a guy that has just been filled with the Holy Ghost. He came, I believe, out of the, uh, uh, out of the Church of Christ, I believe. He got filled with the Holy Ghost, and it was just, man, it just blew his mind. He was, his mind was like... And I remember he's praying with somebody and the Holy Ghost fell. And this guy received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And it was like one of those little bombs that went off because he went, wow! And he took off running and he hit this black top road. And he ran all the way to the top of the camp. A few minutes later, I heard somebody on the other side coming down the other side going, wow! He ran down the other side came around the cafeteria and before I knew it I was still praying with the guy and he came up beside me and then Glory! put his hand on him and he came through with the Holy Ghost and just man the whole place went nuts I sat over there and I thought whoo my God if there's ever a time that we should be able to experience some stuff, old time stuff that makes a lot of people nervous sometimes today. It should be today. Why? Because we're celebrating a promise keeping Jesus. See, this morning, understand something. We can be able, we can celebrate Almighty God. Because why? Because whenever the promise, since He sent the promise of the Holy Ghost, back to us as He promised, we can be able to see the working of the Spirit of God and gifts of the Spirit in miraculous healings, in deliverances, in answered prayers. We can celebrate in worship. We can be able to celebrate the very experience of the holiness of His presence in our building, in our lives, in our services. We can celebrate. And brother and sister this morning, as a matter of fact, come on and let's just celebrate for just a moment this morning.
I'm here to tell you something. I, I, you know, let me just share something with you. I love, I am a sports fanatic. I love sports. Uh, lot more, when I was younger, it was way out of balance in my life. I was like, sports were like, oh. Love the Cowboys. Love the Grizzlies. But can I just be able to share something with you? The Cowboys have never, ever done for me what Jesus did for me. The Grizzlies have never done for me what Jesus has done for me. So if I can be able to get excited and go, Wow! When Dez catches a, a first down or he catches a touchdown, he throws up the X. I'm standing up the TV going. When Marcus Owens a game-winning shot like he did at the beginning of last year, and he runs off doing the Conor McGregor day. I don't even know. I can't even do that. But I throw out a hip and a shoulder somewhere trying to. Is it in? I tried my best to do it. Why? Because he just hit a game-winning shot. Wahoo! Guess what, brother and sister? God, the Grizzlies and the Cowboys, no matter how much I enjoy watching them, they have never done for me what Jesus Christ did for me. And if I'm going to be able to cheer for a team, I'm sure enough better team for Team Jesus. Come on, somebody. I better go ahead and just rejoice. Why? Because Jesus has done something for me. I can get emotional. Why? Because Jesus has done something for me. Brother and sister, understand something. You can be able to have all kinds of, of, of issues. And you can have all kinds of just, man, of just great times of worshiping the Lord. This morning, I just want to share with you something. That before we get too far in this message, and before we get too far into where we're going to go this morning, I want to just share this with you, and I want you to, to understand this. That being filled with the Holy Spirit has been promised for you. It is a gift that has been given to you. And you need to receive it. Say that again. The Holy Spirit is a promise that has been given to you. It is a gift that is given to you. And you need to receive it. Listen to what the Word of God says in Luke chapter 24, verse 49. Jesus, behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Talking about the Holy Spirit. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 states this, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, and in Samaria, and to the very ends of the earth. Listen to this in Acts chapter 2, verse 38 through 39. Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For this promise, the gift of the Holy Spirit, this promise is unto you and to your children and to all who are afar off, 
as many as the Lord our God will call. So brothers, you understand something. If you have been saved, brother and sister, the Lord is calling you to come and receive the promise. If you have been saved, the Lord is calling you to come on, get right, and get filled. Receive the gift of the promise of the Holy Ghost. Because, brother and sister, it will change the way you live your Christian walk. Change it. Brother and sister, let me just share this with you this morning. And let me, now that I've made this clear, I want us to begin a journey to Pentecost this morning. See, you need to understand this. That you do not need to fear the experience of being filled with the Spirit. Now, I know this morning we have a lot of young believers, a lot of uh, believers that are in a position that you, you know, you have, you're just getting your stuff right with the Lord. And maybe some of you are coming out of denominations that have really just not really preached about and even preached against the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But can I be able to share something with you this morning? You do not need to fear the experience of being filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If anything that I made these examples of, the helicopters, running, worshiping, miracles, speaking in tongues, all these things makes you nervous and, in, and uncomfortable, like maybe it may jump on me. I've been around some people that, man, that they would, that as God began to move around the altar, you could be able to see them just slide further and further and further back to the back of the church. Why? Because sometimes whenever you don't understand things, or you're not ready, or whatever's going on, sometimes we get nervous about what we see, and what we look at. And what we are experiencing. Brother and sister, let me share this with you. You do not have to be fearful of some of the stuff that I talked about at the beginning of the message. You do not have to be fearful about being baptized on the Holy Ghost. You don't have to be able to be able to do those things. Why? Because brother and sister, understand something. The Spirit of God will not force Himself on you. If you want, you may feel the presence of the Lord. But that's just him saying, hello, here I am. Whether you receive and say, yes, I want it or not, that is directly up to you. You Realize this, brother and sister. Understand this this morning. Christ Jesus in this building, across this place this morning during worship, I know that we felt the presence of the Lord. We felt the presence of the Lord moving and some of you, brother and sister, whether you may re or may be ready for this or not, that's that same Holy Ghost that's moving in here this morning that will move in somebody whenever they speak in tongues. It's that same Holy Ghost. Well, I didn't speak in tongues because, brother and sister, he is a gentleman. 
catch this, brother and sister. I want to, I just want to share this with you. And I know that I'm I'm taking this and kind of in probably in a different you know direction that some of our you know hardline Pentecostal folks would normally think of a message about Pentecost. But listen to this. This is you know, we come to this place that it is an experience being baptized in the Holy Ghost that will enhance your walk with the Lord. Brother and sister, understand this enhancing is something that we all need. We all need to have this enhancement, this, this, this multiplying effect, this release of the presence of the Lord in our lives. But brother and sister, understand something. The operation of this comes as we begin to journey with the Lord. See, brother and sister, this is how the disciples came from a place where they are brought to Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. And then when they were at Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost, they were ready to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost at the day of Pentecost. Why? Because they had been on a journey with the Lord prior to the day of Pentecost. Let me share that again because some of you may be going. The Lord, the disciples, were able to be at the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit fell upon them because they had been with the Lord prior to Pentecost. Brother and sister, if you want to experience the power of the Holy Ghost, it is not something to be afraid of. Why? Because, brother and sister, by the time that you get a hold of it, you have been walking with the Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus. Catch this, catch this. Let me give you this thought, and I want you to chew on it for a few moments. What would have happened if the disciples never got to Jerusalem at the Feast of Pentecost? to experience the very, the very power of Pentecost. Would we call it Pentecost? No, probably. Why? Because it didn't fall on Pentecost. So we would call it something completely different. Who knows what we would call it? Brother, sister, understand something. Understand Pentecost Today is what we recognize it as. As something that is empowered by the Spirit of God. Why? Because God not only poured out the power of Pentecost, the power of the Holy Ghost on the Feast of Pentecost, but because there were individuals that were ready to receive at the day of Pentecost. Brother and sister, you cannot experience the power of God and the feeling of the Spirit of God like they did on the day of Pentecost if those two things do not happen. If God does not pour it out and if there are not people that are ready to receive it at the day of Pentecost. Oh, Lord Jesus. If you are in a position, brother and sister, that you are not ready to receive 
And if the Lord did not pour it out, those two things will mean this, that nothing special happens on the day of Pentecost. You have to have two things to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Two very important things. You have to be ready to receive, and guess what? The Spirit of God has got to fall on you for you to receive. It has got to be a God-inspired, a God-beginning, and it's got to be you ready to receive it and ready to allow it to flow out of you. Oh, Lord Jesus. Brother and sister, understand something as we begin to move through this. Brother and sister, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost at Pentecost is important because it defines two things in our life. That there is an importance not only to the placement of where we are at whenever it falls, but also that we are ready when it falls. This morning the Holy Ghost is here to be able to touch you, to work in your life, to baptize you in the Holy Ghost, but guess what? If you are not ready to receive it, then the two do not line up and you miss what God has for you. That is the reason why, brother and sister, maybe in a few moments whenever we ask and say, does anybody here want to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost? And we come for prayer. There may be some on this side that gets it and those on this side don't. Why? Because, brother and sister, sometimes there are just stuff that's happening where we're not ready. But guess what, brother and sister? Understand this. God is the God that moves. And guess what? He constantly is in the business of putting you in a place where you can be filled, whether it's today or not. Ooh, Jesus. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Listen to this. This journey to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost all started not at Pentecost, the journey to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the journey to receive the empowerment of the promise of the Father did not begin at Pentecost. Pentecost was not the beginning of it. Brother and sister, the beginning of it happened three and a half years prior. Whenever Jesus on the shore of Galilee makes an invitation. Look in Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. I want you to look at this this morning. And this morning, I want, you, I want to do my best to be able for the next just few minutes because we're going to tie this up pretty quickly this morning. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, listen to what the Word of God says. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they immediately left their nets, and they followed him. I want you to understand, their road to Pentecost happened right here. The beginning of their road to being infilled with the presence and the power of God happened right here. It began right here. 
This is where, if you want to put it, since, you know, Brother Nate, he preached Wednesday night and he puts everything in terminology of movies. This is where, this is for Brother Nate and for those that, re that can be able to relate to Brother Nate. This is where, at the Wizard of Oz, where Dorothy falls to, to Oz in the house and he op she opens up the door and the little munchkins are going... We represent the Lollipop Guild, the Lollipop Guild. And all of a sudden, the good Queen Witch, or whoever it was, shows up and says, follow the yellow brick road. Follow the yellow brick road. Follow, 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 follow the yellow brick road. Y'all will never look at Wizard of the Oz the same. See, brother, understand something. You get into this position that here they are beginning their walk to Pentecost. They're beginning their journey to receiving the very promise of the Father. Now, they don't know it yet. They have no idea. They have no idea what's in store for them. Brother and sister, can I share this with you? You have no idea the moment that your time comes. You have no idea when your day of Pentecost comes. You have no idea whenever that, that moment comes, whenever the Holy Ghost falls on you and you're ready to receive and you just kick out all the stuff that everybody has told you about how to do this and how to receive. Say Jesus 1,500 times or sing a poem or sing a psalm or whatever it is or say I love you Jesus or whatever else. You just take it and throw it out to the side and you just say, Jesus, I'm ready to receive. You don't know when it is. But if you will get on the path and if you will get on the journey and just start following that Holy Ghost yellow brick road, I'm here to tell you something, brother and sister, you will find it eventually. And it will not be something that scares you. Why? Because I'm on the road. Now, Brother Sam, understand something. Never ever did the Lord appear to him and go, on the Sea of Galilee and go, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Oh, and three and a half years from now, on the day of Pentecost, you're going to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Because maybe they're like going, huh? Can I share something with you? Being baptized in the Holy Ghost was a completely natural event for them. They had nothing to compare it to. See, brothers and sisters, when I start talking about all the stuff that, that we've seen in Pentecost circles, you know what we begin to do? We begin to immediately begin to equate it to what we have seen, what we have heard, all the stuff that has gone on. We immediately begin to think about that crazy, you know, war hoop lady I think about it, that YouTube video of that dude that gets happy and starts running down. They have this video at the top of their church and it's shining down and he takes his jacket off and as they're singing about heaven, and you can see him take his jacket off and whoop it up over his head and woo, and woo, and woo. As he comes down the middle aisle and he runs and he goes and he jumps on the baptistry and the baptistry platform falls out and he falls into the water. Let 
sister, we all can be able to think about all these presuppositions that we have in our head. Well, this is how you're supposed to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. This is how you're supposed to act. This is why I'm nervous because I've heard this happens to you. And I've heard that this happens to you. And I heard that this is how you're supposed to react. And I heard that you're supposed to fall on the floor. But I've also heard you're supposed to jump up and down. I've also heard that you're supposed to spin around in a helicopter fashion. And you're supposed to go woohoo, woohoo, woo. I've also heard that you're supposed to say Coca-Cola really fast three or four times. And it will come. I've also heard that you're supposed to say Jesus, 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 as fast as you can. Can I just share something with you? Forget about it. Forget about your presuppositions of what being baptized in the Holy Ghost is. Forget about what your mama has told you about, what your daddy has told you about, what aunt and uncles have told you about, what the preachers told you about. Why? Because brother and sister, understand something. When Jesus put them on the journey, guess what? He just said, Follow me. And they said, yes, Lord, we will follow you. And by the time they got to the day of Pentecost, they didn't know what to expect, but they just trusted Jesus. So really it comes down to this. Do you trust the Lord? And whenever you get to that place where you just begin to trust the Lord and you just follow the Lord, all of a sudden, something may happen to you that is completely personal and it is completely natural. Why? Because it's your journey. Mm, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Brother and sister, we have so many now that have been so turned off by so much stuff, so much crazy stuff. So much stuff, and are you saying, Pastor, that it's not real? And I'm saying, no, I'm not saying that. But there is stuff, brother and sister, that we've had so much teaching about so many things about how to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, how to receive this, how to receive that, how to be able to do. Brother and sister, can I share some with you? It is all about you and the Lord. And what works for me and how the Lord gave it to me is not the way that the Lord is going to give it to you. Why? Because you are an individual and whenever He touches you, it's going to be something that resonates with you. Well, sister, I, I see something here. Because as they began to follow the Lord Jesus, you know what began to happen? They began to see the supernatural. Jesus started doing stuff, crazy stuff, okay? Stuff that, that you didn't see every day. Realize before Jesus arrived, there had been 400 years of silence where the Lord had not been speaking to Israel for 400 years until John the Baptist shows up. Jesus shows up right after him, and so he starts doing things that people are going, okay, he stops a funeral, and he goes up because he has compassion on the widow that's about to bury her only son. And he goes up and stops the funeral and says, hold up just a second, that boy, he's not dead. Come on, alive. And all of a sudden, immediately, the boy pulls up out of the coffin and goes, Ugh. can you imagine the pallbearers? Can you imagine them trying to be able to bury the next person? I ain't doing it. Nope, I ain't doing it. 
Why? Because Brother said when Jesus was around, he was doing things that people hadn't seen before. He took five loaves and two fishes. That won't even feed Nathan, even when he is on a diet. But guess what? Jesus says, bring it to me, I will bless it. And when I bless it, guess what's going to happen? He fed 5,000 people from five loaves and two fishes. They had 12 baskets of leftovers. They had more leftovers than what they started with. You can explain that to me. Lepers would come to Jesus. Now, lepers are, are people that have a disease that eats away their skin, that eats away the flesh. And they are supposed, when they get in 50 yards of somebody, they're supposed to cry out and go, unclean, unclean. Why? Because they weren't sure how that it actually was transmitted. And they cry out, unclean, and people were like going, whoo, ain't getting close to them. You know what Jesus would do? They would go, unclean, unclean. He would say, come here, brother, let me just come here. And he'd just go in there, and he'd put his hand on and say, you're healed. Come on. And then they're like, oh, I'm healed. He saw blinded eyes healed. He saw the lame walk. Paralytics get up off their beds. He saw things, and they saw things that would blow people's mind. And I'm sure they would back, go back sometimes going, did I just see what I just saw? They're on a trip across the Sea of Galilee. A storm blows up. They're freaking out and panicking. What does, and what do they do? They go and wake up Jesus. They say, Jesus, do you even care? We're about to drown. And Jesus just raised them and goes, Oh, y'all little faith. Y'all seen what I've been doing. Y'all seen this. Why in the world are y'all freaking out? And he looks over and he says, Peace, be still. And scoo. And he rolls back over. And they're like going. One day they're off by themselves. Storm comes up. They're freaking out. Once again, freaking out. What does Jesus do? Comes walking on the water. And immediately they're going. sister they have seen some amazing things they have been with Jesus all the way up to his crucifixion they have seen the crucifixion of the Lord they have seen what has happened in his in that trial that mockery of a trial they have seen him beaten they have seen him uh, all kinds of, of problems and things that have gone on with him. They have seen him scarred. They have seen him tortured. They have seen him nailed to a cross. They have seen him be pulled off of the cross. They have seen his body prepared and put into a tomb. They have seen the stone rolled away over. They have seen the Roman legion be put around the tomb. But they have also seen on the third day when they meet inside their house scared about what may happen to them, that Jesus shows up in the house that's locked and says, Hey guys, how you doing? And for 40 days, he begins to talk to them and prepare them for what? 
for life whenever he is ascended. And let me finish with this in Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. I want to read a few passages of scripture in verse 46. Listen to this. Then Jesus said to them, Thus it is written and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. You've seen it. Everything that's been done. Now this is the verse that I quoted earlier. Luke chapter 24 verse 49. Behold, now that you've seen all these things, behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Now what did he say in verse 47? That you shall preach this message beginning where? At Jerusalem. And now he says, stay in Jerusalem until you're endued with power on high so that you can preach the message. And he led them out as far as Bethany and he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. Now it came to pass that while he blessed them that he parted from them and carried up into heaven and they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with what? Great joy. And were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. You know what they just said there? Jesus, I'm continuing my journey to Pentecost. Their time with the Lord allowed them to be able to say, I am. I understand what you're saying, Jesus. And allow them to get to Jerusalem ready to receive. See, brother and sister, the moment that you begin to follow Jesus, you all step on your yellow brick road, if you will. You all step on. You all begin to follow after the Lord. You all began to move forward. You all begin to do that. Brother and sister, the promise of the Holy Spirit is for you. It's for you. It's for you. It's for me. I've received the gift of the Holy Spirit. And brother and sister, it is empowering. Don't make you perfect. What it does is it unleashes the fullness Spirit of God to work in the gifts of the Spirit. See God do some things in your life that you can't do yourself. But you know what? They were ready. Why? Because they've been on a journey with the Lord. And this morning, without a whole lot of hype and a whole lot of anything else, you know what I'm going to ask you this morning? Have you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Have you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues? Now why? Now, Brother Tim, okay, I like that whole thing about Baptism of the Holy Ghost there. I like that. I like that part. But now you start talking about speaking in other tongues. Why is that? It's because what it is, it's a sign that says he's received. 
Out of the five times in the, in, in the book of Acts where people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, four times it blatantly says they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking other tongues. The fifth time, it is implied. So, Pastor Tim, but I, I, I'm not sure about that. But it's the same Jesus that you came and said, Jesus, will you forgive me of my sins? To a God that maybe you did not know, he is the same Jesus that wants to take you on a journey and show you the fullness of what he can be. What it takes, and that is this, for you to be willing to take your journey. This morning, maybe some of you are saying, yes, Pastor, right now in my heart, like, yes, I want to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I want to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If that's you here this morning, let me just ask you this this morning. If that's you here and you say, Pastor Tim, I do not have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but I just feel like in my heart I want it this morning. If that's you, I want you to just throw up a hand this morning. Across this building. Amen. Amen. Anybody else this morning? Amen. Anybody else this morning? You want the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Anybody else this morning? Amen. Anybody else this morning? I want the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm in my journey this morning. That's you. This is what I want to ask you to do this morning. That's you. I want you to just stand to your feet this morning. I want you to move this, this way this morning. Come and just line up right here in this front. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Come on as they come this morning. Come on, put your hands together this morning.